0: Welcome to Living Hope. Glad that you're here. I am glad to be back. I'm going to be popping this mask right back on as soon as I finish this. So, uh, it was, it, like I said in the little uh, announcement video last week, it killed me not to be here with you on Easter Sunday. Uh, but uh, yeah, COVID was in our house, and now it's out of our house, and we're very thankful for that. I think, I'm, I, think I could have this off today, but it just seems smarter to, to leave it on for a while. So, uh, we like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be here with you, those of you gathered in the room. Welcome to all of you joining us online, just like I was last week. We're glad that you're with us too. Uh, Before we we sing, could we bow our heads? Let's have a word of prayer as we start. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for welcoming us into this time to center our hearts and our thoughts on you. Uh, We are so grateful that we get a chance to lift up to you our, our thanks and our praise and to bring to you the needs that we carry with us into this time god we're so grateful that you meet us right where we live and that we don't have to put on a, a fake smile or anything else uh, in order to to worship you uh, you meet us right where we are you know what's going on in our hearts in our minds today and so god we are grateful that you meet us here and uh, and that we can offer all of this to you so please god Uh, In the songs that we pray, in the uh, songs we sing, the prayers we pray, in the scriptures that we uh, hear today, and in the gathering around the table of our Lord Jesus, in all that we do, would you meet us here? Would you help us to connect with the God who made us and loves us and has invited us to worship you today? Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, if you're here in the room, if you're able, if you're interested, let's stand and let's sing.
1: morning everybody in my wrestling Questions the truth will hold. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Oh, you are the peace in my troubled sea. Oh, my lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness. I will follow you. house I will trust the promise You will carry me safe to shore safe to shore safe to shore safe to shore shore. shore. I won't fear what tomorrow brings You will carry me same to shore Same to shore Saint to shore Saint to, to, to shore Fire before us, you're the brightest you Storms, fire before us, you're the brightest, you will lead us through the storms, fire before us, you're the brightest, you will lead us through the storms, fire before us, you're the brightest. house my lighthouse shining in the darkness i will follow you oh my lighthouse my lighthouse i will trust the promise you will carry me safe to show oh, 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 oh. Safe Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll Fly away, like a bird from prison bars. It's flown. i fly away. Oh, I'll fly away. Oh, glory. I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away To a land where joy shall never end I'll fly away Read from the Book of Psalms, uh, chapter 24, verses 8 through 10. The Psalm of David. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. to the other side knowing this was our salvation Jesus for our Savior died morning that you rose all of heaven held its breath till that stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who'd come to the father are restored and the church of christ was born spirit lit the flame now the gospel truth of old shall not kneel shall not fade by his blood and in his name in his freedom i am free for the love of jesus christ who has resurrected me Ever to the King of King.
2: Amen, amen. Scott, I think the Holy Spirit was talking to both of us this morning because I want to read to you from Psalm 24. <laughs> Only I'm going to start at the beginning. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him, for he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place, only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies, he is the king of glory. Pray with me, will you? Lord, you alone are the King of kings, Lord of lords, the King of glory, the King of heaven's armies. Lord, there's so many ways we could describe you, so many things that we could call you, and yet it still would be inadequate to fully, fully explain who you are. Thank you for being that God that is beyond our comprehension, beyond our description, beyond anything that we could ever even conjure in our minds because it is that kind of God who can do the things that we ask, who can carry the burdens that we just can't, who can move in places that we see no hope. And Lord, you can do all of that and more. And yet, Lord, you still love us. You died for us. You rose again so that we could be redeemed to you and be in relationship with you. What a great and mighty and awesome God you are. And what a privilege to love and serve you. Lord, I pray for each person that's in this place this morning, for each person who is joining us online now or later on when they have a chance to to share. Lord, may may they be blessed. May the burdens that they're carrying be lifted. May, May they know that they can lay them at your feet and let you, Lord, handle whatever it is that they're trying to carry on their own. Lord, and, and we rejoice in the victories for folks this week, for the jobs that they've been able to get, for the, the, the good news that they've received, whatever it is, Lord. We thank you for an each and every one of those blessings. And then, Father, we ask that you would be in the remainder of this service, be with Pastor Rich. Thank you that he's back with us. And he is well, and he is whole. And we, we rejoice in that, Lord. And pour out your anointing on him this morning. Open our ears and our hearts to hear from you what it is that you have said to him this week. For all these things, Lord, we ask you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory in your precious and holy name, we pray. Amen. And the peace of the Lord be with you. Now, take that piece as you're comfortable and pass it around by seeking out someone here in the sanctuary that you would um, like to say hello to.
0: All right. It is good to be back with you today. and, uh, and I appreciate the prayers for God's anointing and all of that that Pastor Judy just prayed for me, but uh, I'm I don't I'm not bringing the message today. <laughs> I told her that right after she prayed, and she's like, oh, I knew that? That's right. Um, so actually, Jason Thomas, our youth director, uh, agreed to speak today, uh, in part because we didn't know how my health was going to go this last week. Fortunately, it went in a good direction. And... Um, But I did want to just do quick announcements, all right? So if you got one of these when you came in, then you know that uh, right up at the top on the front, we put every week that you can connect with us by going to livinghope.info slash connect. Fill out a little digital connect card. Uh, You can give online too. Uh, If you're in the room with us, then just back there, there's an offering box you can drop offerings into. There's a spot there for a little green card. You can fill one out. I just had somebody this morning say, hey, I'm, I'm headed to a green card to ask you to pray for my sister. And she was kind of fill me in, but I need the reminder. So go ahead and write the note, drop it in the box, and then that way we can be praying for you this week. If you are giving, then of course you can continue to give to help the folks at Ukraine through Nazarene Compassionate Ministries. Uh, I would actually suggest, if you go to their website, just leave the Ukraine off the end and hit ncm.org, and at the very top, there'll be a place where you can, you can give. That takes you right to the giving link, or you can hit the learn more. And they've been giving updates on how it's going there was one they just made a couple days ago i just was reading it this morning so if you go to ncm.org stands for nazarene compassionate ministries you can learn more about the work that's being done to help folks uh in the ukraine and people who are refugees from the violence taking place there uh, let's see. Oh, in just a couple of weeks, we're, we're getting pretty close to the, May 21st. That's when we're going to have the, the Global 6K for water right across the street. If you have not signed up yet, go to valpal6k.com. We'd love to have you join us. Invite a friend to join us, anything like that, because you will be providing clean water for kids in other parts of the world who don't have it. And it, it dramatically changes their lives when all of a sudden they have access to clean water. And, um, oh, and next Sunday, we're starting something that's... Uh, They've called it the half million mobilization because there are about a half a million people who are part of the Church of the Nazarene in the United States and Canada. And so there's about a half a million of us, they're trying to mobilize all of us to pray. So starting next Sunday and through Pentecost Sunday, which is June 5th, we've all been invited to pray, called to pray, we're gonna talk about that more next Sunday. The message is, if you love prayer, you're gonna be like, oh good, we get to talk about prayer. If prayer is something that feels foreign to you and you're like, I just don't know how to pray, good news because we, we, we're going to be helping you get into prayer and have, how to have those conversations with the God who loves you. So that all starts next week. And to help us with that, they've got a little prayer journal. The bad news is they didn't print a half a million of these. So, so we only ended up with about a dozen here. Uh, we're going to print some more ourselves. But if you want one of these, they're probably going to end up a little smaller print, the ones that we have to print ourselves. But so if you want one of these, I've got about a dozen of them. It's a little daily prayer journal. It's got a scripture and a thought and a spot to write down some things. I've got about a dozen. If you want to grab me after the service in the back, I can get you one of the one of the dozen that we've got. Otherwise, next Sunday when we kick this thing off on May 1st, then we will uh, we'll have a whole bunch more that you can take with you. But all right, I think that's all that I had to say something about. I'm excited to finally hear from Jason Thomas today. He's been our youth director now for several months, and uh, we haven't gotten we've gotten him up here to like you know do announcements or to pray a prayer. But uh, you haven't gotten to most of us. The teens get to hear from him. You haven't got to hear from him. I haven't got to hear him. Like, speak like this. So, I'm excited. Come on up, man. Good morning. I'd
3: much rather do this than announcements because those are generally a disaster. I always forget what I'm doing. So, I'm going to lift this up here. Yeah. Oh. And you know, what's, you know what's really sad, too, is that this is taped. And I, I never really wanted a permanent record of me doing this. Because you know how it is when you look at yourself on video. You're like, what's going on with my hair? You know? And does my side profile really look like that? Do I sound like that? So, oh, I know I'm going to have to watch it eventually, but I really don't want to. But hey, it's really good to be here. Um, So Pastor Rich and I talked about uh, what I would do today. And he's like, you know, it would be a really good idea if you introduced yourself. And so that makes a lot of sense. And then I went on this weird tangent. I am going to do that. I am going to introduce myself. Um, But I went on this weird tangent where I started preparing a sermon for Job. And then I was like, whoa, pour some cream in that coffee, dude. They're just meeting you. Lighten it up a little bit. So today, we're going to keep it light. We're going to talk about where we're going with the youth group and what we're doing. And I'm going to introduce myself and my family. It's going to be really cool. So... um, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, Jessica Thomas, right there. Uh, Yay! You can clap. Um, She is my partner in crime. Um, We were on staff together at Fair Meadow Community Church for almost 10 years. And now she works as a family coordinator for the Lighthouse uh, School in Gary. So she helps families who are in need and helps connect them to the school. And, you know, if, you know she works with homeless youth and, and it's a really, really great thing. We love it. We talk about it all the time at dinner. It's awesome. Um, I have an 18-year-old son named Jordan. That's him right there. Say it. And uh, I have a 25-year-old daughter who just got engaged and got a house. So I'm moving her into her house at the same time I'm moving my mom in. So I really don't have much going on right now. Everything is pretty smooth. Um, So that's my daughter, Alicia. She'll be here for the second service with her fiance. So my goodness gracious. Um, Okay, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I have a bachelor's in Bible from Lancaster Bible College. Uh, I love sports. I love baseball. I love fantasy baseball. If I were to marry anything other than Jessica, I would marry fantasy baseball. Uh, it's, it's sickening. It's like the only thing, like I don't really watch TV, but when I, my mindless time, I'm just totally wrapped up in that. So I love doing that. Um, I uh, Like I said before, I was on staff at Fair Meadow Community Church for 10 years with my wife, Jessica. And I currently work as a lineman electrician for the Chicago Transit Authority I will be retiring November 1st, 2024. Thank goodness. I've been doing that long enough. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm looking to probably start graduate study pretty soon and prepare for ministry after I retire. So, um, I want to talk about my time at Fair Metal for a little while. That was an interesting, interesting thing. But first, just so you can get to know me because we're all going to go somewhere together we are going to go somewhere together uh, jessica and i we went somewhere at fair Meadow that was amazing and we went there together we had people that were engaged in youth ministry they were praying they were helping um and we did amazing things together it was really really cool and the kind of theme of this sermon And I usually hate sermons like this because they're like TED Talks, but I have to introduce myself, so I have to do this. The next sermon I give, I'll be reading out of the Bible most of the time, I promise. But the theme of this sermon is kind of, sometimes you just mill around and run into the resurrected Jesus. Sometimes you have no idea what you're doing, and you're just trying things. You're just trying to live your life. You're trying to figure it out. You don't figure it out, and you run smack dab into the resurrected Jesus. Well, that's like, that's a good thing. And the other theme of this sermon is finding the truth in love. Isn't that something, I think, to get down to the foundations of reality and find that that foundation is a God who loves you. Is a God whose body was broken for you and his blood was shed for you. And so last week, we celebrated the resurrection, but as Christians, that's what we do every single Sunday. We stress a little bit more on Easter, but today, here we are today, celebrating this resurrected Jesus. So I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, I'm an adult convert to Christianity. Um, yeah, I was 27 years old when that happened. Uh, my journey, my spiritual journey began as a child being raised as a Jehovah's Witness, actually. So, yeah, and um, the the main difference between Jehovah's Witnesses and us is that they don't believe that Jesus is God, right? They don't believe he's the second person of the Trinity. They believe that he was at one point in time, Michael the Archangel, actually. And so he eventually is incarnated into the man Jesus. For us, Christian believers, obviously, we believe that there's a Trinity, that there are three persons, one God, one substance. So that's fundamentally the biggest difference between that. And I think at root, what causes this difference is that it's hard sometimes to accept the good news how good it really is sometimes uh, i'll give you an example you know before my grandma passed away she was also a jehovah's witness she told me you know i keep having this dream over and over and there's this line there i can't cross the line jesus is standing on the other side of the line and i can't cross it i was like oh okay wow because it's hard to accept that you have a god that loves you like that that you have a god that is willing to die for you that is a really really difficult thing i think sometimes to accept and i think that's why we have a religion like that you know when we read the bible there are many clear indications that jesus is god right only God forgives sins, right? Jesus forgives sins. We know uh, the Word was with God and the Word was God. And they play around with that first John. They kind of change the, inter- uh, the interpretation. They insert uh, the indefinite article where it should not be, where the language doesn't cause, call for it. Um, so they do all kinds of different things. And I think the reason they do it is they can't accept that love. Can't accept that love from God. And it's not easy. Um, I remember in my spiritual journey reading a Christian theology book way before I became a Christian and being shocked by the concept of grace. It, it shocked me. I'm like, you're going to give me something for free that I don't have to earn? That somehow by virtue of my faith in you, you're going to change me from the inside out? and, and I was uh, uh, at at work and I was on my lunch break and I took that theology book and I threw it in my tool bag. I was like, this is absolute nonsense, no way. And so it can be difficult to accept that. Um, And my spiritual journey really did begin, let me preface it with this. Um, So I was uh, at the end of June last year. I was installed as the youth director here and my dad passed in that same week. My dad was as good and moral a guy I've ever known, but he doesn't like whining, okay? I remember when my daughter busted her knee up really bad one time and she was so proud that she didn't cry. My dad said, good job, but you whined, okay? So I'm going to tell a story that is kind of like, I know it's difficult for me to tell, but I have to, I'm not going to whine about it, I promise. So, um, but it is, you know, I'm sharing myself with you and this, this is uh, some uh, difficult thing for me to talk about, but we're, we're gonna get through it. Um, so my spiritual journey really does begin when my very close friend and first cousin, uh, when I was 21 years old, he, he took his own life. And boy, oh boy, that was a doozy, you know. And you kind of find yourself really floundering, like what in the world is going on? And you have this belief system that you were raised with, and you realize that it's not helping you, right? That every day it feels dark, and that you need something better in your life, but you don't know what that could possibly be. And so what I did was I went to the library, and I started to just kind of research things and I realized really quickly that I, I didn't know anything like, like very quickly. I was able to figure that out. And my first day in the library, I lost my childhood faith by just looking at the way people interpreted the Bible and realizing that the, the vast majority of the world saw the Bible in this same way and even reading secular atheist scholars who would say, yeah, well, the Bible says that Jesus is God. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm in trouble. So like at my worst moment, when I've never even know I could be this this sad, I lost my faith completely. So I'm like, oh man, I'm in a bad spot. So I really start to flounder. So I go and I I find this little timeline that kind of has like the history of philosophy. And I said, well, I'll start from the beginning. So I, you know, Plato's Republic, and you know, Aristotle's *Nicomachean Ethics, and Marcus Aurelius' Meditations, and, you know, we'll just go down the line, and we'll see what happens, and I don't know. And then I really thought it was funny that I knew things, because I was such a terrible student. You know, I graduated 273 out of 276 out of my class, and I rarely ever went. And and I ditched 40-some days of school my senior year after football season. So, you know, so then I, like, kind of, like, thought this was kind of cool. I'm learning stuff, and and, and people are surprised that I actually know things, and this is really, really cool. And, uh, wow. I'm like, okay, I think maybe I'm getting somewhere. And then something happens. I'm not going to whine about it, but, uh, so the day before I moved to Indiana, we lived on the south side of Chicago, on 90th in California, uh, and uh, actually right over the border in Evergreen Park, and we're getting ready to move to Munster, Indiana. Next day, we get a phone call that my brother-in-law fell 40 feet. So he fell 40 feet when he was in Las Vegas. He, wasn't, he was not going to make it you know, come down and decide what to do with his organs, I remember them saying. So I'm really tight with him. My, my daughter loves him, and we're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? So we just start to pray. You know, you bargain. You start praying, right? God, if, if, you, if you save my brother-in-law, I'll do whatever you want, you know? So we go through that process, and there doesn't look to be any hope at all. And long story short, he fully recovers. He fully recovers. So we're like, well, you know, what do we do now? So we move to uh, Munster, and we're living there for a while, and Jessica's like, hey, you know, we, remember we made all these bargains with God, you know, because he was living with us for a while while he went to physical therapy to, to recover? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I, I, I remember that. I remember that. So let's try to pick a church and go there. So the closest church to my house was Fair Meadow Community Church of the Nazarene. I said, okay, so we'll drive down there. So we drive down there. First day, I meet the pastor. Uh, He's an undergraduate in philosophy. Uh, We hit it off, and we just start hanging out. We start hanging out. And, you know, I'm enjoying the service because... You know, I'm learning things, and it's fun, but there's, like, no way I'm ever going to be a Christian. Absolutely not. You know, uh, no way. I had all of these objections and these kinds of things, and uh, over time, you know, questions begin to be answered, and you're in Bible studies and these kinds of things, but I have no intention. No way. No way. And then, when I'm at uh, Highland Gero's one day, and I'm driving through the the drive-through it hits me and i go oh my gosh am i a christian i'm like not me absolutely not i'm not a christian i tried to talk myself out of it for like three days like i was sitting there talking to myself i'm not a believer i'm not a christian and then i got up one morning, and i was like you are you're a christian you you believe that this actually happened like what in the world is that and so, you know, the next Sunday, he never does an altar call, by the way. Our pastor at the time never did an altar call. The whole time I was there, I, we might have been there like eight months. He does an altar call that Sunday. So I go up and accept Jesus, and, and that's it. So that's kind of how I got in this mess, you know. Um, and I think that's kind of how it works sometimes. I mean, think how strange it all is. We have this body of literature, right, the Gospels and Paul's letters. And these, these, these letters and these Gospels come to us out of an experience of the risen Christ. That's the only reason that we have them. And it's strange how it all happens because it kind of begins, you know, the Gospels are written after Paul's letters. So it begins with Paul's letters. And for Paul, he's just a guy trying to figure it out. He's completely in the wrong direction, right? Um, as an observant Jew, he is completely offended by Jesus, right? He's completely offended. Deuteronomy 21, 23 says, Cursed be everyone who's hanged upon a tree. And Jesus is hung upon a tree. And therefore, for Saul at the time, he cannot be the Holy One of God. He is somebody who was cursed by God. And these people that believe in this Jesus are blasphemers and they have to be stopped. They have to be hunted down. And so we know the story. He wants to bring them to Jerusalem to be tried and probably stoned to death. So I will say this I was in a better place than Paul. You know, in my journey, I was doing a little better than him. Um, so, you know, if your journey didn't start off that good, That's okay, that is all right, because the person that wrote maybe seven, maybe thirteen, whoever you ask, books of the Bible started off as somebody who wanted to stone believers. So you're probably better than that, so don't worry about it, you're doing just fine. So at any rate, and here's the crazy thing about this, on his way to Damascus, he runs into the resurrected Jesus. It just runs right into him. I have no idea, and, and, and I can't figure it out, and I cannot get my head around that fact. Because he didn't really figure anything out. Right? And he certainly didn't do anything to deserve that. You know, I never figured anything out. I never figured anything out. I just ran into the resurrected Jesus at some point. I never figured out anything. So... So Paul runs into the resurrected Jesus. And he says to him, you know, or Jesus says to to Paul, why do you persecute me? Right? Why do you persecute me? Paul has no idea what he's talking about. I didn't do anything to you. And then it hits him. My goodness. The people that believe in Jesus, they're his body. And for me to persecute these people... I'm persecuting Jesus himself. And from that experience comes our belief about the body of Christ. The the gospels themselves come from a community experience. And so when you walk your Christian life, there's two things I think that are really, really important. There are many things, but two things I find extremely important, and that is you experience the resurrected Jesus, but you experience it in the context of the body. Because I can have all the experiences I want as an individual, but my access, the holy place where I meet Jesus is the body of Christ. And so it's this really, really kind of strange thing where all of these crazy things are happening because of people running into the resurrected Jesus. This is a really interesting thing. Oh my goodness, I can't. Okay. Okay, so bear with me. This is going to sound maybe a little strange, but as a youth minister, it's really important to me to contextualize the Christian faith. There are a lot of objections to it today. Right. Um, And there are uh, a lot of people believing these days that we don't have any need for Christian faith. And part of that reason is I don't think people understand history, philosophy, theology, any of these disciplines. So. I believe Jesus is the answer absolutely all of the time jesus is the answer but history and science philosophy theology all of these things give us the depth of the question and so when i'm dealing with youth i want to make sure that they feel free to answer to ask any question they want and we will explore it right and i like to give them examples of the power of the resurrection sometimes in history. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little bit of an example here. So there's a guy, a very um, uh, famous historian named Tom Holland, not Spider-Man. I had a hard time finding this video because everyone's only Spider-Man videos came up. Okay, but finally, I find this video by Tom Holland, this this uh, famous historian and he's having a conversation uh, with uh, N.T. Wright, who you might know, a, a world-famous uh, New Testament scholar and Anglican bishop, okay? And I, I, I wanna read what he said in his video, okay? And then, well, he's gonna, he needs to be careful of something. If he keeps this up, he's gonna run into the resurrected Jesus. So he needs to be really careful. So he's an atheist historian, and this is what he says. Caesar is, by some accounts, slaughtering a million Gauls. So there's the war in Gaul, you know, present-day France, and enslaving a million more. And this is cause for boasting and empowering his political career. And far from feeling in any way embarrassed by it, he is kind of promoting this fact when he holds his triumph, People are walking through the streets of Rome, carrying billboards, boasting of how many people Caesar has killed. This is a really terrifying alien world. The more you look at it, the more you realize that it is built on systematic exploitation. The entire economy is founded upon slave labor. In almost every way, this is a world that is unspeakably cruel to our way of thinking. And so this worried me more and more. And I thought kind of like I am not, as I had vaguely imagined, the heir to the Greeks and the Romans in any really important way. And so where I'm coming from uh, is, uh, uh, it kind of has this itch that you get on your back and you can't find it and you can't Scratch it, and this feeling is enhanced by me after writing a book about uh, antiquity. I began to realize that in almost every way, I am a Christian. I began to realize that Paul, although a much less familiar figure to me than Cicero, with a small body of literature, somehow explains the moral structures of our modern world. Also, the way the West has moved on to shape concepts like international law, for instance, the concepts of human rights, they don't go back to Greek philosophers. They go back to Paul in his letters, I think along with the Gospels. They are the most influential, the most impactful, the most revolutionary writings that have emerged from the ancient world. This is from An atheist historian who did more research and then was shocked by this. He's absolutely shocked. (laughs) And you could see the surprise on his face. Uh, And then he goes on to say, When we're talking about Paul, I think of him as a kind of depth charge, deep beneath the foundations of the classical world. You start feeling this rippling outward. And Paul sets up rippling effects of revolution throughout history. We're still experiencing these ripple effects in the 21st century. We take them for granted, but we, by and large, do not know where they come from. Now, that's really something to say from an atheist historian. And this is the coolest part of the video. I don't know, for, for those of you that know N.T. Wright, uh, world famous, world famous unbelievable bible scholar and he's sitting there and he's like oh 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 man just like that and here's the thing nt wright knows all that stuff why is he having that reaction he has that reaction because he's thinking to himself whoa tom holland you better watch out if you keep this up you're going to run right into the resurrected jesus be careful with that that's what he was thinking um and that's what happened at firmeadow man we ran right into the resurrected jesus when we opened well let me back that up just a second when i got there you know how things go sometimes. Church families, sometimes you fight a little bit. And you'll have like the, the worship wars and things like that. People fight over music and things like that. So there was some conflict, you know, when we got there. And, you know, pastor-congregation kind of conflict. And I was the guy that this pastor brought in, so I had a little bit of a target on my back. It's just the way it went. So I thought to myself, uh, after I prayed a lot, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to worry about this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to, this per, to these people, this couple in the church, old, uh, uh, rock-solid saints of the church, Chester and Norma. I'm going to go to them, and I'm going to invite them to everything. I'm going to put them on the youth team. I'm going to have Chester pray before every single youth meeting. I'm going to go to his house and hang out with them, you know, I'm gonna have youth group on Wednesday nights when they have the Bible study so that everyone will come in there and look at what we're doing. And I know how much people love and respect Chester because he has a heart of gold. And Norma, she has a heart of gold. And if they give me the approval, everyone else will fall in line. And that's exactly what happened. So we started praying. We started walking around the church and praying. And then we decided that we were going to renovate part of the church, this old part of the church and we called it the warehouse, W-H-E-R-E, house. And we opened it up. We had video games and games and this kind of thing. And we had 113 kids show up on the first day. We had 113 kids on the first day. So we did that for maybe about six months and then we put a little bit, little sign on the wall that said youth group on Wednesday. Didn't tell anybody about it. Didn't even say, acted, kind of acted like it was weird and a secret, like, oh yeah, yeah, we got this thing up there if you wanna come, and half the kids came to that. So then we had a youth group of about 50 you know, from that. But, so obviously this kind of generated some attention on the district, and so they featured the ministry at a district assembly multiple times, and uh, they came in and asked me, well, how did you guys do this? How did you how did you do this? And I said, I have no idea how any of this happened, actually. And I still don't. It's like if you wanted me to come up with a business plan, I don't have one. Um, what happened was we had love in our hearts. We prayed and we ran into the resurrected Jesus. And it, and it started ripple effects in the neighborhood um, I couldn't even fill up my gas tank without running into a kid that was at the warehouse. It was weird. It was like being a celebrity in the neighborhood, you know. Um, yeah, unbelievable. It was an unbelievable experience. But, uh, you know, our battles are not flesh and blood. And that's the thing. And so there was some conflict there. and uh, But I solved it in a spiritual way. I, I, I'm not going to engage in that because, well, you know, With the resurrected Jesus, we have this Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit brings us together. What do you know? And uh, Paul talks a lot about the ministry of reconciliation. And what do you know? It actually works. It actually works. When we left Fair Meadow, we were universally loved. Uh, They were so good to us when we left. And uh, I can tell you that was not the case in the beginning. Um, So eventually, we did did leave. Again, like, like my dad said, no whining, you know. But uh, uh, So my, my sister-in-law, she, she passed unexpectedly on bright uh, at her one-year anniversary and left behind a child, Blake, who we love dearly. And our family really kind of needed some time to heal after that. We, we really did. We really did. And we had the funeral at Fair Meadow. And uh, the people that we had that initial conflict with the people that were serving us at that time, taking care of us, making sure that we had everything that we need, checking on us, and man, oh man, you know, it's really something, the resurrected Jesus. You mill around, you don't know what you're doing, you pray a lot, and then something happens. You run into something, and it starts these ripple effects. We're still feeling them today. Um, Jesus is still alive today, walking amongst us. And uh, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I think I probably need to wrap this up, don't I? Yeah, we have to do that, yes. Okay, well, um, we have somewhere that we want to go together. Um, I would like to start a youth team of people praying again. Um, so, if you're kind of interested in that and, and maybe you think you would like to be a part of this thing moving forward, let me know. You can see we put these nets up, we play dodgeball in here, and we have a really nice time. We call it NARF, not always repping foam, because we don't always play with foam products, and if we said Nerf, that would be copyright infringement. So, you know, we have our little youth group, and we have a great time, and uh, I love it. It's, it's often just the best part of my week, and these kids, even though I love the kids that I taught before. Uh, and and if they see this video, they'll say the same thing. Most of them were uh, interesting and a bit rambunctious, and it's really nice to have these wonderful kids that actually listen like half the time. It's just (laughs) wonderful. So, well, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we come to you knowing that you have something for us to do, but more important than anything that we have to do, we have you. Your body was broken for us, your blood was shed for for us, you would not be parted from us. And so you gave your only son, all that you had, the thing that you valued the most, and that can be very difficult to accept. Lord, help us to accept that. Lord, bring us together, bind us in love, help us to build this kingdom together. We thank you, we love you, we praise your name, we give you the glory. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Thank you, Jason. Uh, The musicians are going to come up as uh, as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Can we get the Lord's Prayer up there? Yeah. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. We're going to have a chance to celebrate communion here before we go. Uh, I'll be here with the with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it and return to your seats. It's open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today. Uh, like Jason just said, it doesn't matter what your journey has been uh, up to this moment. Uh, if today you're saying yes to Jesus, if today you're like, well, I, I think I believe this. I think I, I really do trust in the love of God that would send His Son Jesus, who, who died on the cross for me and who rose again so, so that I can be free. If, if you believe that today, you're, you're welcome at His table. Uh, Now, if you're not comfortable coming up and receiving the elements here, uh, I think on the tables we do have the little uh, cups. You can peel it back and get to the bread and peel it back and get to the juice while we sing. And then, uh, and after we celebrate communion and bless you and we go, then uh, hopefully you'll stick around because I forgot to say what's on all these tables. If you've missed the last couple of weeks, we're going to assemble some crisis care kits that are going to get sent uh, eventually over to the folks in Ukraine. And so we're going to do that right in between the services. So, uh, but right now let's, let's sing and let's celebrate. Yeah. No. Thank you again, Lord Jesus, for giving your all for us, holding nothing back out of love for us. Help us to hold nothing back from you, to allow your grace and your love to permeate every aspect of our lives, every aspect of our being, the way that we think, the way that we make sense of the world, the way that we interact with the people you bump us into. Help us, God, to be so transformed by your grace and your love as we as we bump into the resurrected Jesus. Help us to be changed by you so that we can be a people of love and grace here in the world, so that we might live as the body of Christ. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well. May the the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.